Welcome, dear friends, to another edition of the Brattlecast, stories about books, old, rare, and out of print. Not only books, but all kinds of items. The people who buy them, sell them, and collect them, and stories abound. With me, of course, is Ken Gloss. He is the owner-operator of one of the most uh, precious bookstores on the planet, the Brattle Bookshop, right downtown on West Street. And it's great to see you here, my friend. Busy time of the year as we record this. It's always a busy (laughs) time of year. And, you know, it's funny because it's totally unpredictable because you can go along even in what you think would be the busy times, but then you get a call from an estate and you're, you're running all over, moving thousands of books. We actually, a couple of our uh, assistants just went out to Chicago to look at 25,000 books. And they the main thing when they got back was, there's more like 40,000. <laughs> now, whether or not we're going to be able to work a deal and have to add in transportation, but that's fun. And then just before I came here, I was in Louisburg Square, in, you know, right up on Beacon Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was an old single-family townhouse the only problem with it is they had, they had some nice books that that we've already negotiated. There's six levels in that place. I, I was going to say, <laughs> as someone who lived in Boston South End with a five-level home, I, I can just imagine. Are they circular stairs? By uh, they're not circular, but they're narrow. Okay. And a lot of the books are, of course, at the top floor. Of course. <laughs> the heaviest ones, too. Well, there's never a dull moment in your world. And today we're focusing on something that's somewhat Boston-centric, but the world knows the story of Make Way for Ducklings. And you brought along a a beautiful example of the book uh, circa what? 1941. This is the first edition that I brought along. And there are a few things that I want to talk about. First of all, Make Way for Ducklings is a classic. I grew up in Boston. It's an absolutely wonderful story. It came out in 41. McCloskey was an art student in Boston, which got him started on it. Then he finally put it out in a sort of a sepia tone. It Mm. wasn't a a color, but just the story and telling about Boston. And one of the things that's actually really wonderful about the story is this was 1941. They were looking, the Mallards were looking for a place to nest and have their babies. But also Mr. Mallard went off looking and, of course, so many of the soldiers were away and of off, course. and the families were still here. Right. And then they went all over Boston looking for locations over the Charles River. Uh, and then, of course, they eventually got to the public garden in the little island there, which you can still go to and see. Another thing that I love about the story is Officer Mike, who, you know, so many times when you grow up and you're reading, and nowadays particularly— the police, it's a tremendous adversary. Here, when the ducks were trying to cross the streets, Officer Mike stopped the traffic. He even called the station house, sent out a whole squad of policemen to get mm. them safely to where they were going. And I remember when I was reading this to my uh, children, I all I had to open to a page, but I always like it, the eight ducklings, with, when you have lack, mack, knack, quack, pack, quack, <laughs> And and so on, and and just reading the reading, reading the names off is just yeah. wonderful. Now, when you get books like this that are sort of the classics, and there there's been well over two or three million copies of this printed, mm. and mm-hmm. all of the time at the store, we're just up from the public uh, garden and from the common people coming in. Do you have a copy of Make Way for Ducklings? Now, in a used and rare bookstore, it's a little harder. Is every used copy we get sells instantly, 
and it's not like a new store where you can order another hundred of them. So uh, we don't always have it, but we can always point them in the right direction. But when a book becomes this famous, it does become collectible. Now, the book you have brought in to show me and to talk about on the podcast, uh, it's first edition, 1941. What would something like that be valued at? Well, that's that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. This copy does have the paper dust jacket. It's a little bit worn around the edges. Now, a number of years ago, we had a copy of Make Way for Ducklings. It looked as if it had been sitting on the bookshelf at the new bookstore mm. from the time that it came out. And it was absolutely as new. About six years ago, we sold that for $20,000. Nice sale. <laughs> nice sale. Wonderful. Everybody wow. was happy. Now, this one has obviously been read and used, and it's a little worn around the outlines. There's a name written in the front, a little bit browned. Mm -hmm. I would say this is probably barely five, maybe not even 10% of that thing mm. price because <clears throat> collectors, when they're collecting, want the perfect copy. And one of the types of books, the most common types of books that are in poor condition when you get them, uh, cookbooks, mm. because of the way cookbooks are used. Stains from the kitchen. Stain, well, actually, they tell you the best recipes sometimes because you get the right splatter marks. Right, right. Uh, and children's books, sure. of course, because of who reads them. And the other thing is when you get a book like Make Way for Ducklings, now I don't know how everybody's children are listening if you read to them. If they got a story that they liked uh, for a month or two, you could probably read that story two or three times a night and you just keep doing it and doing it. So they tend to get worn. This one's actually pretty good because it still has the paper jacket in some sense to it. Uh, and it's interesting because if you took the jacket off, the paper, yes, then you have a book maybe worth $100, right. $50. Now, a little bit of additional history. We know that in the Boston Public Common Garden, uh, there is a, a, a lineup of statues, these beautiful little ducklings yeah. that are golden. And people come from far and wide to get their pictures taken. But that wasn't until much, much later. That uh, was into the 90s. Into the, the 90s, 90s, I remember. So, and a few of them have walked away uh, rather mysteriously but been returned. But but this was a book that captivated generations and still does. It's an amazing run. Well, well again, it captivated generations because of the book. Obviously, if you're in Boston, and maybe even more so. But he, in a very simple way, with beautiful illustrations— set up a story, again, with the World War II going on, mm. with looking, searching for homes, searching for a place that was peaceful, having the police, having everybody Almost like the, uh, uh, the, the immigration uh, experience, the yeah. refugees fleeing from other lands trying to find safety. There's an allusion to that, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's where they were finding a safe home right. in the city of Boston. And, and the illustrations are perfect also— the way he set it up, the wording, they, there's almost a one sentence per page. So when you're reading through it, you tend to turn the pages quickly. Uh, the illustrations are great. And with the illustrations, the original illustrations, they actually had an exhibit of these at the Museum of Fine Arts, uh, I think about six months or a year ago. Might Time passes, so it might have been a little before. But they actually had the original illustrations for the book, a lot of the history and the story of it coming out. 
And it's just one of those classics. And when you grow up and you're learning and having that book read to you, it means a lot. And sometimes what people collect, they collect what made them happy in, when they were growing up, how their parents read to them, how they sort of taught them how to maybe not swim and dive under and, and uh, swim in the lagoon mm. where the swan boats are in Boston. Now, it also one of the reasons that they say that Mr. and Mrs. Mallet picked the public garden is because the swan boats were there and they they saw this huge bird that could safely protect them. Absolutely. And, and the, the swan boats are still there too. Interesting that, uh, of course, McCloskey not only did the illustrations, they're beautiful, but he also wrote the text. And it's not always the case with children's books. In fact, I would say often it's not the case. It's you've got an illustrator and a writer. Yeah. But uh, much like uh, Theodore Gazelle, uh, Dr. Seuss, he did that. Well, he did it, and, and it's a classic book. And it also shows an example of you can get the book, you can read it, you can get a paperback edition, you can get a hardcover edition, you get a new one, you can get sort of slightly older ones, and it's always the same. They haven't really changed it dramatically. I mean, some children's books, they come out, and when they get reprinted over the years, they change the drawings, they change the cover, they change the look to sort of conform with the times. Mm. Uh, and actually, I'm going to talk about some of that in, in one of the other podcasts we do. But uh, so you can still get the book and have it and love it. And if you're a real heavy-duty collector, you can get a first edition. And then if you really are a great collector and have a lot of money, uh, you can get the perfect copy. And sometimes people ask me, wait a minute, the first edition in perfect shape is $20,000. Why would anybody pay $20,000 for a book? And the reality is, if you take the paper jacket off, it drops to a tiny fraction of that. So the reality is the paper jacket is worth ten or $20,000. It's akin to those who collect albums and records. I mean, it's, uh, it's the jacket that they're paying for, Well, oftentimes. What, what they're really paying for, I think, is the prestige, mm. the being able to say, I have the best. Look what I have. I have the one that nobody else has or almost nobody has or other people collect. I have a better collection than you do. And people can afford it. What they're really paying for is the prestige of the best, the most wonderful. And if they know that they have a good one that they've paid something for, but there's a better one out there, that's always the sort of goal. Well, we're going to be talking about those who collect one book, one title, and there are a lot of those collectors out there in a future podcast. I can't wait to get into that with you. Because... That, that's a lot of it. <laughs> Make Way for Ducklings, when I was growing up, was one of my favorites. I always loved reading it to my children, and I love it when we always keep, I shouldn't say this maybe, but I always have two or three copies in the office uh, of relatively nice-looking new copies so that if a cousin comes in with their little kids or a friend and they have their little kids and they're looking for a book, I always, this is one of the ones I like giving them. Better than a lollipop. It's most well, sometimes, sometimes I do that. Too. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's a gotcha. book, if you're visiting Boston and you're a young kid from out of town, I can't think of a better one. Well, if you've got questions about any of the things that Ken is involved with, uh, books, buying, selling, appraising, any of that, 
you can write to him. Uh, go to the website, brattlebookshop.com. And also, we're always interested in suggestions for the podcast. Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things that I might also suggest, and a few people that I'm putting some things together, is they've asked, gee, what's this worth? Why it's why is it worth that much? And I'm actually uh, planning a few future ones, but I'm looking for ideas on that because somebody will always come up with some question, some idea that I don't think of because I'm maybe too familiar and I go, boy, that would be fun. So send in the suggestions. Love the enthusiasm and uh, that's what it's all about. Thank you for listening. You've been tuned to the Brattlecast and there are many more great episodes to come.